Bears fans, um, you know, I, I don't, I couldn't tell you who it was, but I mean, I understand the situation. Um, having played in Chicago, those fans travel really well. Uh, they have a great fan base. So I, I, I just thought that was all, uh, all the Chicago fans. Today, Bears fans for just today. It was a monumental day for the Jaguars franchise. Despite a loss to the Chicago Bears, Jaguars fans telling us all week long they want the number one overall pick. And that was clinched yesterday with a loss to the Bears and the Jets. A win. Welcome in Jaguars drive time on a Monday morning. Brian Sexton and John Osier. John, we will attempt to look at this game. We'll go over highlights. We'll go over lows and highs. But I caught myself the entire time planning for this show Looking forward to the NFL draft. That is what is the biggest news this morning, even after a loss to the Bears. Yeah, it's unavoidable. I mean, our job is to, you know, when the Jaguars play a game, you analyze it. You analyze what it means in the game, what it means after the game. Well, on this one, what it meant during the game was really what we've seen pretty much for the last two or three weeks. The Bears got momentum, they got away, and there came a point where the Jaguars just couldn't hold up, especially defensively. That's been the story, but it's a story everybody's heard. What nobody's ever heard before is that the Jaguars had the number one overall pick, so naturally that's going to be the focus. It's what, it's what fans are going to want to talk about. It's unavoidable, and it should be unavoidable. Yes, the story was untold until after the Jets game, Brian. So we were listening to press conferences with Doug Marone and Mike Glennon, but my eye was right there on the TV watching the end of that Jets game, and that was the true story of the day. Well, we all were, and, and John and I talked a little bit about this yesterday. You, you wanted the Jaguars' loss to coincide with the Jets' win because it meant that the I want the Jaguars to lose for the first-round pick conversation is now done. I mean, we don't – this week, we don't even have to mention that. It's locked in. You've got your guy, and we're going to talk about him a lot. So I want to go back to your comment about a lot of Chicago Bears fans for the day. Um, there were lots of Chicago Bears fans in the stadium, legitimate Bears fans. I met some who traveled from Tampa, some from Toronto. They traveled from all over because they can't go see the Bears in Chicago. And it made sense to come to Florida for Christmas. So there were legitimately a lot of fans there. I asked Fred Taylor, because we sit up in that north end zone on game day, if he thought that there were more fans there yesterday than we had seen all season. And he said, without a doubt. And they were clustered together. I mean, I, I thought, I was surprised how close together certain groups were because there were so many fans there. I'm sure they were separated the way that they're supposed to be. But we had seen great swaths of, of teal seats all season long. That was not the case. There were a lot of Bears fans in that house yesterday. Yes, and they definitely got loud at times as we get into big things. And big thing one is winning. Losing is winning. That's what we saw yesterday. Bears beat the Jaguars and were overall a much more talented team. We've seen that in the past few weeks and most of this season. Easing the worries of Jaguars fans who thought draft position could get messed up yesterday by beating the Chicago Bears. That was not the case. Losing is winning, but that is wrapped up now that the Jaguars have the number one overall pick and all eyes will be on this guy, Trevor Lawrence, for months to come. 
Big thing two is losing. That's what it took to get here to this point where we're talking about the number one overall pick and the excitement around it. The Jaguars are the worst team in football this season. And with that, you get the number one pick. That's the way it works. 14 game losing streak brings you here, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. Big thing three is awesome. Now, wouldn't it be awesome just go beat the Colts this week and no longer matters a win or a loss for draft position. Going out with a win and sweeping the Colts during this year, that would be pretty awesome. It'd be pretty um, tough. We got to do one too. more game left. Um, like I told the team, I told them after the game, I said, hey, 2020 has been, you know, I mean, we all know that. I said, but hey, the way I look at it is, you know, we've got ourselves a game and, you know, starting in 2021. So, you know, let's, let's, let's make this change. You know, let's, let's just change this thing. And, you know, I think these guys, they, they care about each other, you know, in the locker room, they're, they're consoling each other. It's, um, it's difficult. Um, but again, I mean, you're, you're not getting a lot of, you know, people pointing fingers. You're not getting people that want to get, take themselves out of the game. You're getting guys that are, um, you know, going in there and, and trying. We're just, it's not, not making plays. And, at the end of the day, we're not we're not playing well enough, and that's on all of us. Go back to last season when the Jaguars finished that year with a win, and it was overall a much better year for the Jaguars last year, and that says something. But they ended the year with a win, Brian. I remember at that end of the year, it was a great feeling to go out with a win, especially for Calais Campbell. I remember getting that touchdown, and it just felt good. And now it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the Jets do. It doesn't matter for the Jaguars with draft position, a win or loss. So it would be great to beat the Colts this week. But as we know, the Colts have to win on Sunday to get into the playoffs. And we go back to, is this team talented enough to beat a team like the Colts? Well, you know, they probably weren't talented enough to beat a team like the Colts in opening day. And yet they did it. What really factors in here, this is the ultimate example of what John always talks about. And that is a team that has to win against a team that's not playing for anything. Look, the Jaguars aren't even playing for the first pick in the draft anymore. I mean, it, and, and we all know, everyone in that locker room knows, too, it's going to be entirely different in the Jaguars organization next year. Mm -hmm. You know, last year, Minshew still thought that there was a chance he could be the franchise guy. We didn't know Calais and Jan, who made big plays, were going to be gone. There was still some sense of something was building maybe around Minshew. I mean, you don't even have that this year. Everything is in the future. So beating the Colts on Sunday would seem like a distant possibility just because the last two weeks, the defense hasn't been able to even really break serve and give you anything to work with. Right, and it would be great to give Doug Marone that win, but John, we talked about that 14-game losing streak. They are here for a reason. They got the number one pick and you hate to say it, but it's because they're the worst team in football right now, so you can't really expect that to happen. But it would be great for Doug Marone after this entire year and this team fighting for him so hard all year to, to get a win at the end of the year. Shalane, that's my Bernie Grill hot take. So let's, uh, oh, my gosh, I apologize. Ooh, ooh. Simmer but, down, Shalane. But, it, yeah, there is uh, – <laughs> it's a long shot. Uh, I know it doesn't matter to Jaguars fans, but they would like it. Uh, the, the Colts are in an unbelievable situation where they can win Sunday and not get in, which means they could not get in at, at 11 and 5, which is rare. Teams don't get in at 10 and 6 a lot. 
11 and 5 is rare not to get in. It happens New England didn't get in once when Brady was hurt in, in 2008. But it doesn't happen very often. I, you know, if the Colts play hard, if they play for 60 minutes, and I use that cliche because that's what's hurt the Jaguars in, in the last two or three weeks, this defense can't hold up for 60 minutes against really, really against NFL-determined offenses. There comes a point where it breaks. It broke in the third quarter yesterday. They're trying, but they just can't do it. So, you know, the Colts are that side of team. They're physical. They're determined. It, it's a tough ask. But, boy, what a tough thing it would be to be the Colts and win 11 games and feel like you're probably one of the best, you know, seven or eight teams in the, in, in the league. I am there, there in my power rank. And they might not get in. Mm-hmm. Tough league. It is crazy, crazy year. And we're going to talk about this guy, Trevor Lawrence, and then we're on overall pick for months to come. But Brian, I go to you because it was definitely, you could feel the excitement from everyone at the end of the day. And I pull up Rich Eisen's tweet, which is just one of many, many tweets where all of a sudden the Jaguars are in the national spotlight for everything. And Rich Eisen is a guy that John and I always talk about at the NFL Combine. He is the NFL Combine guy. And to be in this position where you have everyone in the country with eyes on the Jaguars, it's not a great thing that it's come to this point, but now that you're here, it is a great thing. Well, the, the underlying point is, is that this guy makes you relevant, okay? I mean, this guy is someone that people all over the country are going to pay attention to. Because from the moment that he burst onto the scene as a freshman at Clemson and beat mighty Alabama in the championship game as a true freshman, Everyone has pointed to this kid, the measurables, the intangibles of who he is off the field, the leadership qualities. It was just a matter of time. You know, I even was looking, okay, tw- 21, he'd be eligible. Jaguars were passing on Blake Bortles. I'm trying to figure out in my head, is there any chance in January of 2019, as I'm looking at this kid, um, you know, that he's going to be available to them? And I, I didn't see it. I thought Foles will come in and They'll win just enough games to be out of the mix. And, you know, there's another franchise quarterback that the Jaguars don't get because they're constantly trying to patch holes at the quarterback position, which is all they've done since Mark Brunel retired. Patch, fix, and try and find a guy. This guy's different. He just is. And everyone who's watching this and everyone who watches him knows he's different. This isn't Jared Goff from 2016 or Jameis Winston from 2015. This isn't a guy that you hope is a great quarterback. He is a great quarterback, and he looks to be a transcendent talent. That's why this morning there's a, a bounce in everyone's step. You know, they're mentioned in Albert Breer's Monday Morning Quarterback column where he's talking about all the things they have. I'm getting excited reading it, and I knew all this stuff. They're relevant with the first <laughs> pick in the draft, and they haven't been in a long time. And you can see that in the way that the negotiations are going for Lot J and people are down on the Jaguars and don't give them it, right? All of those things matter. The Jaguars, are just, they just become, uh, right? All the losing. It felt bad to be a Jaguars fan. You had star players that were leaving or wanted out. You had a team that was losing, no quarterback, no hope. City Council can't get, their, uh, get together with uh, Mr. Khan and get a deal done to get Lot J going. It just all felt, uh. And now here's this kid who can change it all. He has to be able to, right? It's just hope at this point. But this year, the Jaguars are in a position to get a guy who can transform their identity, their reality, their future, whatever you want to call it. 
Um, this is a great morning to be a Jaguars. Yes, it is. No more ugh, just positives going forward. In the conversation of passing up on Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson, we've had it for years and years. Hopefully that can just be put to rest as we move forward with the number one draft pick. When we come back on Jags Drive Time, we're going to talk a little bit about that game we saw yesterday with the Chicago Bears with some highlights right here on the Jaguars Digital Network. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity hi folks frank franzi here for the best barbecue in town that is bono's head to bono's today 15 locations on the first coast and six more at tiaa bank field you see bono's is the official barbecue of the jacksonville jaguars you want great barbecue you want bono's plenty of parking clean family restaurants and oh by the way the best barbecue you have ever had so if you want great barbecue head to bono's today the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jags Drive Time is presented in part by TIAA Bank. Created to serve, built to perform. By Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. And Baptist Health, changing healthcare for good. Fair and Fair reminds you to continue to wear a mask. Help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Fair and Fair protecting you and your family since 1979. We're back, Jags Drive Time. Monday morning brought to you by Jet Home Loans as we get into some highlights from yesterday's loss to the Chicago Bears. At times during this show, it's felt like there wasn't even a game yesterday. But there was, and I always promise there are some highlights, even if they're not good ones. First quarter, first drive. Jags start out pretty good. Dare Ogumbawale keeps the drive alive with a 25-yard run. However, the Bears get the ball back and do this. Ryan Nall is in the background, in the backfield now. The pass over the middle, touchdown! That's Graham on the receiving end. Jimmy Graham, unreal day for the Bears and shows the impact a tight end can make during a game. Moving along, Jags down 10-2-3. This is why you give DJ Chark consistent quarterback play, because you see flashes like this. Against the Chicago defense that has held its own in the red zone this season. Glennon, gonna go for it all down the sideline. A little hand fighting. The ball is caught by DJ Chark for the touchdown. Even better touchdown dance, an incredible catch from DJ Chark. Tie game, but ensue the sloppiness to end the first half. And now from the 13. Trubisky with time. On the move, coming back this way and looking and throwing to the end zone. It is intercepted in the end zone. Joe Sobert. Knows and they just you just cannot do that. He's trying to make a play, but you just gotta throw it away. On second and four, a lot of time. 
for Glennon who throws over the middle. He's intercepted. Picked off by Roquan Smith. These are the situations that you work on, and this to me is really bad. Go back and hand out real quick. Look at look at the, look at the Jacksonville's doing defense, and this yeah. makes no sense. Pass it's over the so middle bad. and sliding Why down do at the twenty-one yard line. On the way and right down the middle. As time expires. Oof. That was not a pretty highlight. Jags still in the game, believe it or not, at halftime, down three. Second half, as a whole, things just basically fall apart. The Bears score a touchdown in their first four possessions to start the second half. Draft class, just I think the experience, the big game experience, and just how consistent he has been. That pass is intercepted. Picked off by Roquan Smith. Inside the 25-yard line at second and seven. Trubisky steps up, throws for the end zone, wide open, touchdown, Jimmy Graham. And there you have it. That was just one of many touchdowns in the second half for the Bears. And overall, John, the Bears, especially to start the game, had a bit of a shaky game. You're thinking, okay, what's going on here? And then they pull away in the second half and... That's been the M.O. of the Jaguars this entire season. Is even when they keep it close at halftime, you're always reluctant to believe something because that's normally when they can't get it together as the third quarter, and it becomes not a game most weeks. Well, it's been particularly the story the last uh, three or four weeks. I mean, it's, uh, and it's, it's because teams play the Jaguars. You figure it out in the first half. And then you find the weakness that you can exploit. And on this defense right now, there's a lot of weaknesses because guess what? They don't have any players left. They, you know, and I'm exaggerating. Miles Jack and Schobert are out there. But I heard the commentator and, you know, uh, why are the Jags defense uh, playing this way at the end of the half? They were playing in prevent. Well, I'll tell you why. Because you had to shake hands with your cornerbacks before the game and introduce yourself because you don't know who they are. This is a completely beat up team, even beyond the undermanned team that they put on the field at the beginning of the season. So, yes, at some point during these games, I expect it to happen Sunday, they reach a point where they just can't fight anymore and the other team gets away from it. happened in the third quarter. It happened in the first half the last couple of weeks. It happens because you're an undermanned, injured, depleted defense, particularly a depleted defense. Yes, big time. This defense needs a lot of work in the offseason. But Brian, I remember last week we were talking about these next two weeks for players is the chance to prove you have something, put good tape on film. And Daria Gumbawale is one guy that got a great opportunity with James Robinson being out. We really haven't seen much from him. And especially that first half, you're like, okay, this is exactly what we talked about is making a name for yourself and taking advantage of an opportunity. Well, look. You're looking for a couple of guys, right? A couple of players here and there that you can add to it. I, I know where you saw my quick thoughts column. I did not have him in my uh, 14, you know, building block players, but okay, you showed me something. Let's see what you can do this week, because I don't know whether James Robinson at that ankle will be fully healthy this week, or at least even if he plays, if he can carry the ball and the load like he has over the course of the season. Can you do it in back-to-back -back weeks? What will a new GM think? What will a new coach, if that's what they decide to do? Think of Agumba Wale. Looks good to me. All I've heard all season, by the way, is Divine Zidbo is a player that the coaching staff had a lot of affection for, believed that he was a guy who could come through. He's battled a couple of different injuries this year and hasn't been able to stay on the field. Let's see what he might be able to provide next week. Just 
Look, you got to have a roster of 53 guys when next season opens, and you're going to need more than just a few guys at the top of the draft. Guys like a Goombawale and a Zigbo, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be key contributors in the next week. See if they can be key contributors next August and maybe earn a roster spot in 2021. Mm-hmm. We shall see, and we'll see what happens with James Robinson this week, nursing that injury, and will he practice and play perhaps this week? He said he wants to play, but as we know, the training staff said, okay, let's hang out for next week and see what happens this week against the Colts. And those are your highlights. When we come back, some Bernie Woodfire Grill hot takes here on Jags Drive Time. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to without notice equal housing opportunity why do you choose farah and farah first we have the financial resources to take on any insurance company and our track record proves that we know how to win our attorneys and staff are a team and we've worked together for decades to us our job is much more than just a paycheck we love to help and this is important we never forget it's not about us it's all about you Farah and Farah, Jacksonville. At ViStar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Jags Drive Time is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle. Next Grill, everyone's invited. And at Deco, visit adecousa.com. Burning Woodfire Grill Hot Takes is sponsored by Burning Grill, an all-natural self-burning grill. Check out burninggrill.com. And like we said, here are your hot takes. Brian Sexton, you're up. Clemson Central, baby, get me an orange shirt. Um, (laughs) I I think what you're going to find is that people are so excited about the potential of Trevor Lawrence that they're going to be tuned in in record numbers on Friday when they play Ohio State um, in that playoff game. I go back to the early years here. Um, Jacksonville's a great football market. It's not as big. It doesn't have as many people. It doesn't have as much money as a lot of the bigger markets do. But when it comes to turning out football fans, Jacksonville has it. Because uh, the Super Bowl ratings were always, you know, if New York was playing Chicago in the Super Bowl, uh, it was New York, Chicago, and then Jacksonville in terms of uh, percentage of households watching the game. I mean, it's just a great football market. And I think it's going to show this week. I think outside of Tuscaloosa uh, and Clemson, you'll find Jackson at the very top in terms of how that game comes off in the ratings. Uh, There's a lot of Clemson people here. I've met a bunch of them. 
True story, my wife and I went and looked at a couch that was for sale uh, at a lady's home in Ponte Vedra, and she had a life-size cutout of Trevor Lawrence. She's a huge Clemson fan. I remember saying, you're a Clemson fan. She goes, can you tell? And, I, I, and she said, do you think there's any chance he comes here? And I said, yeah, there's a chance. And her response was, I'd be a Jaguars fan then. And I said, you're not one now? She goes, nah, we're more college fans. We love Trevor. Apparently, there's a big Clemson, um, I almost say stronghold, but a, you know, a, a big Clemson following uh, here in Jacksonville. I just, I think you're going to see great numbers for this because people are genuinely excited and willing to, to turn on the football game and cheer for the guy that they see as being their guy. Absolutely, and you would hope that that turns into ticket sales and Clemson fans coming to Jaguars game just to watch that guy. We'll see what happens. All right, John, we, we teased a little bit. I, I blew it a little bit, but I'll give you the floor for your hot take. Well, Shalane, I almost went to Clemson. So uh, I got into Clemson, which says Did something you? about Clemson's admission standards in 1983. So uh, <laughs> not good. Um, but it, it uh, you know, the Jaguars deserve the number one pick. And, you know, I don't say that to criticize the players playing now. They're playing hard. But, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it, it was sort of not really certain who the team, who the number 32 team in football was. Uh, the Jaguars were playing hard. They were getting a chance to win. They almost played their way out of this in November, if you remember. They probably should have beaten Minnesota, had a chance to beat Green Bay. There were places along the line that they could have won. In the last few weeks, though, their deficiencies, especially on defense at the quarterback position, have reared their ugly head, so to speak. And it's been, you know, it's been rough. Uh, so the Jets, meanwhile, they beat two playoff contenders. You know, they earned their way out of this. So I don't think it's going to be any question in week 17. Uh, it's not going to be a matter of having tank or having tried to do it. Uh, they're the team that needs the franchise quarterback, the reboot, the most. That's the way the league's set up to have that happen. So it worked. The Jaguars deserve the number one pick. I'm glad for them and for the franchise that they're getting. That, and that transitions perfectly into my hot take that they deserve the number one pick. And my hot take, you may have seen it on Twitter yesterday. Jeremy Schapp is well known on ESPN outside the lines. I am a loyal watcher, but this take on Twitter just, come on, man, get off my lawn. No one's allowed to be happy anymore. He tweeted this out when Chris said, take away the draft pick. And he said, as I've said many times before, fairly recently too, we shouldn't reward the worst team in the NFL with the top pick in the draft. Jacksonville doesn't deserve Trevor Lawrence. Mm -mm -mm. I just don't believe that to be true because if you want this to be college football, it can be college football. How tired are we of watching Alabama and Clemson and Oklahoma be in the college football playoff? And it's the same thing every year when you get success, you get the best recruiting class and it just repeats itself. We look at teams like the Buffalo Bills or the Cleveland Browns and how a couple great draft picks have completely turned those franchises around and made them something. And now they are in the heat of the playoffs and in the conversation. This is the way that you keep the NFL competitive. And if you want it to be college football, you would give it to the Kansas City Chiefs and say, hey, you were the number one team in the NFL. Go ahead and get the top pick. And that would mean Jacksonville would stay uncompetitive for years to come. So 
Needless to say, I don't agree with that take. And Brian, I have a feeling you'll feel the same way. Jaguars deserve this number one pick. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and for the record, I'm not tired of watching Clemson in the playoffs the last couple of years. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't go to Clemson, <laughs> by the way. I didn't even get into Clemson like John did. Uh, the, the difference between soccer in Europe, where there is relegation, and the NFL is there's only 32 teams here. There are not, there's not a minor league of, uh, the minor league is college football, right? And they're not affiliated. So you can't relegate and go to a lower division. The, the NFL is not 32 independent businesses. It's one business with 32 different locations. And the draft system is set up so that you have a chance to build more competitive teams and it gives everyone an opportunity. And I know that doesn't sound like the American way, in, in a way, it's not, uh, but it's all designed, right, to make sure that everyone kind of has, and you don't have haves and have-nots. Um, it's sort of a closed system. It's, it's just, it's not, I don't think you can make the comparison. I, Jeremy Schaap has a long career as a sports writer, um, and so I'm, I'm not saying anything other than I, I disagree, um, because I just don't think it works this way in, in, in the NFL. Yes, as a whole, this is the way that it has been, and it has shown to work. So we are all on board with that. And that is Bernie Woodfire Grill Hot Takes when we come back. Some NFL headlines here on Jags Drive Time. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity pinpoint the official signage partner of the jacksonville jaguars helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand your company's identification advertising and even the words you use make an impression on your clients with pinpoint as your coach you can make sure it's a good impression pinpoint provides the creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand from custom signage to complete marketing solutions. Step up your game with Pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your clients. Visit experiencepinpoint.com. Back on Jags, Drive Time Monday morning, brought to you by Jet Home Loans. If you have not heard, the Jaguars game has been moved on Sunday to 425 against the Indianapolis Colts and Indy. Nice late afternoon game for you as we get into NFL headlines brought to you by Brian Sexton. All right, here's some headlines you may have missed yesterday as you uh, reveled in the news that the Jaguars had a chance at getting the franchise quarterback. Uh, Jared Goff appears to be gone for at least the season finale. How much longer than that? No one is certain. He fractured and dislocated the thumb on his passing hand against Seattle yesterday. And so he will have to sit. They've lost two in a row. They need some help. They need to win on Sunday against Arizona, and then they need some help getting into the playoffs if they don't win, right? Because Arizona and Chicago are both chasing them. Now you got a backup quarterback, but guess who it is? Bishop Kenny's own John Wolford, who's never played in an NFL game, but has been on the fringes of it, played in the American Alliance of Football, 
or Alliance of American Football, I forget what that league was called, uh, but John Wolford will uh, have some Jacksonville eyes on that Rams-Cardinals game that might not otherwise be there, so uh, good luck to the Bishop Kenny Crusader in his NFL debut for the Rams on Sunday. Uh, bad day for the Browns yesterday. We know the loss. Um, we know that they went in looking at a bad day. Apparently, Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, had to have a wide receiver familiarity session in the parking lot. John alluded to shaking hands with cornerbacks who started for the Jaguars yesterday. Apparently, Mayfield had to do a little bit of this uh, with the receivers in the parking lot at the hotel in New Jersey yesterday because, remember, four wide receivers were put on the COVID list and couldn't travel or play. So that was already a bad start, and then that guy fumbled three times. They lost two. Bad day. He said, it's my fault. Um, when you're the quarterback, that always happens. Finally, um, you know, J.J. Watt is such a stand-up guy, and you see his passion on the field every Sunday. Uh, yesterday, the media felt it. He went off on a tirade, uh, four-letter words, all of it, um, in which he was questioning the effort of his teammates, something we didn't ever hear in Jacksonville, and, and this team has lost at a more profound rate than the Texans the last couple of years. He just he went on a tirade, they took the microphone up, uh, off and got up and walked out the door. The Texans' troubles are beyond just a, a disgruntled J.J. Watt, by the way, and a, a season that has gone horribly awry after they gave Deshaun Watson the huge contract. Um, they fired the coach in week four. They'd already traded away uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But how about this now? They have, they're in the third hole, right, for the draft, but they're not there. The Dolphins are because they traded their first-round pick for Laramie Tunsil, the left tackle, who's not really contributed to a winning campaign this year. So now, for the second straight year, they have no first-round picks and no second-round picks. So they've got a roster that's older, depleted, obviously not as good, and they don't have the draft capital to go and replace it. So the Texans have a long, hard offseason. They'll hire a new general manager and a new coach, just like the Jaguars will, but they won't have the... Um, the resources to work with like these guys do. And that's my oh, headline. Yes, if you have not seen that press conference clip of JJ Watt, I encourage you to go watch it. If you think he's not trying, you are wrong. It was definitely worth the watch. So Brian, thank you for that. And thank you for watching Jags Drive Time on this Monday morning. Stay tuned, head coach Doug Marone press conference this afternoon. And we'll be back Wednesday morning talking about this Colts game last week regular season. That's crazy. It went by fast. Kind of, sort of. We'll see you Wednesday.